With this year's Colorado Media Day audio, you're going to hear from Mike McIntyre first, then you're going to hear from both coordinators Darren Cheverini and DJ Elliott, as well as quarterback Steven Montez. All right. Um, yeah, uh, we're excited about the beginning of fall camp. This is our third day. Actually got to put on shoulder pads and play a little, little bit of football. Um, Tuesday, real football starts. Um, but I, they um, did a good job today. I'm ex- I am excited about this team and uh, um, how hard they've worked. It was hot out there today, which I was excited about. And uh, we, we pushed them extremely hard. And they, they really pushed through it um, really, really well. Um, um, I was pleased on how they pushed through um, that and paid attention the entire time. So we, we used up the whole three hours, and uh, I was excited about how they worked. So I'll take any questions um, you have. What would you say is the biggest thing you've learned between your first year here and your sixth year? And what is the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome during your time coaching in Boulder? Well, my first year, the sixth year here, we used to complain about going up and down the little hill. And now we, since they're doing all the we have to go all the way around. So I'm very thankful for the little hill from the first year. Um, uh, and I know the players are too. A lot of those guys weren't even here for that. But uh, uh, you know, understanding um, our team, um, understanding uh, the uh, university and all that um, takes place within our university, understanding um, uh, you know when you're in a program for six years. Um, the thing that you learn is people come and go, um, and it's very, very um, fluid um, in a program, and uh, it, you know, especially with the players. Um, and it, it didn't, didn't used to be that way in the NFL, and now, now you kind of notice the NFL is that way with all the new free agency and everything they do. So every year, you truly now you're kind of building a team every year. You have a program, and you, we plan it all out, and we do all the things we do, but you're kind of having to build a team every year. And so that's one thing that I've learned, um, uh, especially I thought going into this year, starting back in January, that I felt like um, that's extremely important. You're building a team and letting those young men that are coming into your program new or older that coming in your program and coaches, they got to understand what your team's all about, what your program's all about. Um, so that's part of that part of it, the philosophy part. Mike, you've been involved in so many great programs and teams over the course of your career. I wonder, what are the veteran players, do you think, on this team? What have they begun to understand about when you had great success in 2016 and didn't go the way you wanted to in 2017? What do you think these veteran guys, juniors and seniors, learned about the differences, what it takes to make sure that success is sustained? Yeah, the, the, the upperclassmen um, understand all the nuances that you have to do, all the attention to detail, all the little things really matter. Um, you know, when you're younger, the coach just says it. It's kind of like a cliche. Um, but as they get older, they really realize that. Um, and those guys have been doing a great job of teaching that ever since January. The seniors and, and the captains have done a great job since we uh, elected them in the last month and a half, um, um, getting that across. I think the uh, other thing, too, is you know, the sense of urgency. Um, you know, the kids last year, a lot of our kids were on the team um, as we built it. Um, and then last year we weren't quite, didn't, came up short in two games right there in the middle. That the year before we won those two games. Um, that they understand how close that is and how you have to build for that in the time um, leading up to that, that it doesn't just happen. Um, and then also um, the work ethic of understanding how you have to handle that under pressure. And a lot of those guys have been under, we have some key components that have been under those pressure that have to make pressure kicks, have to make pressure, pressure throws, 
have to make pressure tackles and sacks. So I'm excited about um, those guys that have been under that fire and, and coming back and, and hopefully doing it this year. Mike, a lot, a lot of players um, might not react to a suspension a year away the way that uh, Evan has. What is it about him that enabled him through being gone a whole year away from the program and, and being able to come back um, and, and mature the way that he has? Yeah, um, we've been fortunate. It's been interesting. I, um, and I think that shows a lot for our program. I've, I've had to do that with a few kids. I would like to do it with no one, but I've had to do a few. Most of the time when you kind of suspend a kid, he says, forget you, I'm out of here, I'm never coming back. And so we had a good enough relationship, and he understood what was going on, and he needed to mature, and he did mature. And uh, he took it uh, to heart. He did everything we asked him to do while he was away. And since he's come back, um, he's got a kind of a new lease on life so to speak, and has done well, well in school. He was always a good student, but he's done well in school. He's done well off the field, and he's playing more intense on the practice field. He would be the first one to tell you his freshman and sophomore year, he didn't really like to practice because so, he's such a great athlete. He could get by with that in school, but it hurt us some in the games and hurt him some, and when he came back, he's had that whole new attitude, the practice attitude, the workout attitude. I don't think he's been late to one thing, um, even been close to late, um, been on time to class, been on time to practice. I mean, he's been um, – he truly grew up and took it. It's, great. it's fun to see that as a coach. That's, that's very, very rewarding because um, you know now you've made a, an impact for somebody not only in football but in life. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a fun thing. One of the great things about coaching college football. Mike, obviously you get great confidence in what Kurt Rover does with quarterbacks. Yeah. Talked at great length about kind of his resume, and as you kind of watched Kurt working with Steven, trying to understand how to go from being a, you know, an athlete that plays quarterback to a quarterback that's athletic, talk a little bit about that process and how you've seen kind of Kurt maybe uh, impact Steven in this process. Yeah, uh, Kurt impacting Steven and our other quarterbacks. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate. I got to see Kurt and I work side by side. He was coaching quarterbacks, and I was coaching receivers while at Ole Miss our first couple of years while Coach Cutcliffe was coaching us. <laughs> and uh, so we cut our teeth on him and, and Eli Manning and all those guys. It was fun to watch him work with them. And then when we got to Duke, we were together. He was the defense offense coordinator. I was a defensive coordinator and um, watching how he works with quarterbacks. And um, so I knew what he would do when he got here. He's so detailed. He um, has great knowledge, very excellent understanding of quarterback play and and, and that type of thing. You know, last night in our walkthroughs, you know, he's got the quarterbacks lined up as running backs. So they were doing the protection, so he wanted them to fit the protections to understand it. You know, I haven't seen that before. He must have picked that up along the way, which is a great teaching tool. You're playing running backs, guys, in the walkthroughs, and you got to get behind them. you got to pick up the blitzes. You know where they're coming from. So that lets them know where the free guys are, which speeds your clock up. You're not in a hurry. You understand what's coming. Now you don't take a sack. You get it off. You don't scramble out because you know, okay, that's going to be picked up. If it does, I'll slide over because that's where the pressure's coming. Those little nuances make the difference in making a big play and having a sack or, um, you know, that or hurrying and rushing out of the pocket. So uh, he's done a phenomenal job. So that's just an example. He does those all the time. But to me, that's a great teaching example that he's done. Someone who's coached defensive backs. Yep. A lot of your career. How would you say Ashley Ambrose has kind of helped Shadon Brown progress in his second year in the Pac-12? And how beneficial do you think it is to have kind of two coaches in that secondary room? Yeah, I, I think it's very beneficial to have two coaches in the secondary room because you're, you're playing a lot of times five DBs out there in a way. Um, you're always playing four. 
Um, and so you have the corners and the safeties. Their skill sets are so different um, and what they have to work on an individual and that expertise in that area and the amount of film study you need to show. Um, the other side of it is, um, you know, Ashley played for a long time and um, at corner and understands it. It's coached really well. Shadon um, really has a great knowledge of the game. And those two guys together, when you bring two guys together, when I was interviewing, um, when you bring two guys together, you want to make sure they can mesh. Um, and, and they do. And they got to be the same voice. Even though they're two people, they got to be the same voice to the guys. Um, and so I've, I've seen them benefit, help each other and benefit. It's, it's been good. Coach, uh, kind of a two-part question on uh -oh. special teams. Okay. Um, with your, especially with your punter and your place kicker, do you feel as good about those units as, as maybe uh, you have during your, your time here? And then as a tangent to that, uh, how do you think the new kickoff rules will impact the game this year? And, and right. Do you think it'll succeed in, in perhaps curbing the, uh, the big collisions, guys running down the field like it was intended? Right. Um, yeah, like it was intended. Exactly. Um, I, I, the, the first part of the question is I am excited about – our punter, our long snapper, our field goal kicker, and our kickoff guy. So Davis Price kicking off, James um, kicking field goals, JT Bell snapping, Alex Kenny punting. Um, I, I've, they're really good players, and they've been in the fire a little bit, so they understand what to do. Those hidden yards um, in a game, making a big play here or there in a game, making a big kick, all those things will make a huge difference in our because we'll play in a lot of close games. Uh, the, the second part, the, the kickoff rule, it'll it change a little bit this year, but the kickoff rule, um, uh, I'm on that committee. We were going to do exactly basically what they're doing in the NFL. Okay, and everybody said, well, why didn't you? Well, the NFL has 32 teams. they got four preseason games to work out any kinks. We have no preseason games, and we have uh, 377 colleges that play football to try to get it out, to get it on. And then plus the Texas high school rules follow the college rules. So there's a whole – well, that's a country in itself, <laughs> Texas. Uh, so um, we decided to put in the fair catch rule because to, to, we're going to end up moving eight up and you have only three back. People are scattered everywhere. So we thought that would slow it down with people that kick it really high, about the two-yard line. You really can't get a return going if they really kick it well, that you'd have a chance to do – to eliminate a few of those. Um, and uh, we want to turn the kickoff return into a punt return, which when we do, I think it's going to be more exciting. And uh, all I know is I sure would hate to go to a football game. Everybody gets excited, run out, and they just put the ball on the 25-yard line and said, okay, let's start the game. That's not college football or a football game. So um, I believe it will turn into a punt return because there's not those same type of collisions on a punt return. And I think it's going to be a more exciting play. I think you'll have bigger returns. I think you'll have more. Um, I think it'll be fun. A guy can cut a little more. and um, So I'm looking forward to it a year from now. We're going to copy the uh, look at the NFL and study a bunch of their film from what they did. We're also supposed to put it in some all-star games, some college all-star games, and experiment and teach it, and then get a really good teaching plan, great video, so we can send it out to 377 colleges and the Texas high schools so everybody knows all the rules and understands it. So that's the reason behind it. Hey, Coach. How you doing? Yeah. Hey, what's up? How are you? I'm doing good. A uh, couple questions. One, were you at all surprised that Steven wasn't voted a captain on the team? And if he's your starting quarterback, do you still need him to be a leader? Oh, Steven's a definite leader. No, I, it doesn't surprise me on how we do it. I mean, uh, Cheeto Bayawuzi wasn't a, a captain our senior year. 
Um, and uh, he didn't really want to be, and it wasn't because he's a, he's a phenomenal guy. He was a captain the year before. He wanted some other people to step up and lead is really why he did it. Um, and Stephen is a heck of a leader they all look up to. I think that just the way they do the voting in there and the way they did it, they as a team, they decided that was the way to do it. Um, and uh, so the, the way I started doing it two years ago, three years ago, was um, I didn't want them to think the head coach was picking the team. You know, you've always had that before where they pick the captains and, or you – in your businesses or whatever, oh, they chose that person, you voted, oh, yeah, he made that person. No, it was open voting. They all sat in there, had to point it, talk about it, do it. And uh, I would imagine Stephen would be one next year. And uh, um, so I'm, uh, But I'm excited about his leadership that he's shown. And uh, Stephen, if you've been around him, he's a guy that's got a great sense of humor, and everybody kind of likes him because he relates it good with everybody. Coach, last year we know John Wayne wanted the this being new season. How much pressure do you put on yourself to make it right, and do you feel the pressure to make it right? Yeah, I, um, I think all of y'all that do your jobs, okay, when you write your articles, when you do, prepare everything, you put pressure on yourself to be the best you can be, right? And you look at something and you go, oh, I could do this a little better, or you might talk to a, buddy, a colleague in the business and kind of get an idea from them, and different things you do, you always are doing that. So... I stole a saying from Coach Cutcliffe, you're either getting better or you're getting worse, nothing stays the same. So I think if you always have that attitude, you always kind of able to help everybody around you be better. And yeah, you have to look in the mirror because I don't know about y'all, but I'm not perfect. I make a mistake every once in a while. So I looked in the mirror and said, hey, how could we change this? How could we do this? And our game is always evolving. Um, and then relationships within a team Managing relationships within a team is always evolving because you always have different personalities and how you put that together. So, uh, yeah, we uh, definitely want to be better this year, and I definitely believe we will be. And, uh, you know, we were so close last year, and we'll, And I said that a couple years ago, and y'all kept saying, yeah, yeah, and then we broke through. We just got to break through a couple games there, and it's amazing how that works. You see it in pro football, you see it in college football, and they're 35 years old. So it's kind of you're dealing with 18 to 20-year-olds. Mike, you've got a lot of junior college transfers. Uh huh. Do you feel like you got a lot of guys that are kind of flying under the radar that not a lot of the general media, Pac-12 media, heard about yet? Um, I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, we do have some really good athletes out there, and them, uh, our, our coaches are doing a great job, and and they just got to get the the learning curve on everything. But the young men that came in in January that have been going. Um, I feel really good about those guys being able to step right in day one and, and play really well. Um, and we have some good athletes out there. We have some guys that we redshirted that are going to play good. We got some sophomores that played a little bit last year that have taken another step. Um, now we just got to do it in the games um, and, and, and make the plays. Some new guys on that defensive line and a new head coach coming in as well. What do you expect to see out of that unit? Yeah, um, we got Kwan Drake in there. He's doing a great job with um, the D line, and uh, you know um, Mustafa Johnson had a, came in in January. He's looked really good, um, and hopefully he'll do it in the games. But he's looked really good, uh, and he's powerful and strong. He's two ninety and can run and very athletic. Uh, you know uh, Javier Edwards has um, you know he he played good in flashes last year and did some good things and. Um, you know, had kind of a bum ankle that nobody people know about. He kept nursing all the time and got through with that. He's looked really good um, out there the last few days. And he looked really – I pushed him really hard today in the heat. He was going at the end of practice just like he was going at the beginning, which he wouldn't have done that last year. So it's exciting to see that. Um, and then, you know, Terrence Lang is getting 
better and better and better. He's a, a specimen that came in late last year and was a little underweight. Now he's 280. So I'm excited about those guys. And Jacob Callier weighed 250 last year. He weighs 230. He weighs 228 now. Ripped up and he's fast and quick. You know, he got after the passer last year, just wasn't quite there. I believe he's got that extra step now because he's quicker and faster. Um, so we've got some things like that. And uh, Evan Worthington and Nick Fisher are flying around. And those young corners look good. We just got to keep them coming. Yeah, Mike, along those same lines, uh, we, we all noticed that uh, being the old defensive back, you take great pride in that secondary. Yep. And in recent years, there, there's been a string of guys who are not playing in the NFL who, you know, there was expectation, a little hype coming into the season. Now, with, with Isaiah leaving last year and being with the Atlanta Falcons now, maybe there's a little unknown for the rest of us yep. out there about those guys. Talk a little bit about that unit, though, those corners and the raw talent you see in White Rock Domestic Bank. Yeah, the, the, we've recruited well there, and those young men um, are, are, are really athletic and doing things. The thing that happens with a DB that we work on all the time is how do they play the ball at the end of the route? So the best way to explain this to you, you see a great athlete playing basketball, right? How does he finish? That's what you always talk about. How does he finish? Well, that's a DB. How can he finish at the end of the route on a slant, on a go route? Does the guy catch the ball? They're going to catch it once well. But if you notice with Isaiah and Cheeto and Kello and as they got going, they didn't, they didn't, people didn't, they go, oh, God, they're beat. Boom, they knock it away. That's where these kids have got to get to. And we're really working hard at that. And hopefully they'll be there. They have the talent to run with them. They have the talent to flip their hips. They're strong. They're athletic. They're long. Um, now they got to go do that. So the problem is you'll tell when they get out there. Um, so hopefully, we, and the good thing is we have really good receivers they go against and quarterbacks that can really throw it accurate. So they're seeing perfect balls and different things on them, which helps them get better um, for the game. Mike, uh, looking at the schedule, it's hard not to notice that you open with two rivalry games. We do? <laughs> Just curious, though, what, what are your thoughts on opening the season with two games like that that have so much meaning and emotion to people around this area? Yeah, we're open with two rivalry games. Uh, you know, we're not thinking about that right now as we're out there practicing, but that is something that our kids hear about every day. Um, they have. I mean, I hear about it. If I go to Sweet Cow and get an ice cream, I hear about it. So uh, it's, um, uh, you know, playing CSU, which is a great game and a great rivalry, and they've got a, you know, really good football team. And, um, you know, they got a game before us, which gives them an advantage. Uh, and then we go to Nebraska the next week. Um, so everybody's talking about it, but we're taking one practice at a time, honestly. I know that's close cliche, but we have to. And, but our kids, we do have to be prepared for that. It's going to be an emotional week after emotional week. And how I handle that as a staff and how, how we handle that emotional-wise is going to be key to all of that. And uh, you, um, so they are excited about playing in the games. I can't tell you they're not. I'm excited about coaching in them. Our fans are excited about watching them. So it's pretty fun. To, you show up the first two weeks, and here you go. Um, there's no uh, tiptoeing into anything. You've got to be ready to play. Will you ban red in the team house? Um, uh, we haven't really done that, uh, they, they, but our players, kind of, it's kind of known, not many of our, uh, the kids tell them. I haven't had really to say a word about that, to be honest with you. I guess it's just a built, it's built in, well, it's built in the Dow Ward walls, and I think it, pa it was connected, so I think it passed over. Yeah. Uh, Phil Lindsay is such a big part of your team last year. How do you Right. Uh, well, Philip was phenomenal. Um, I've been texting back and forth with him a lot lately. I 
heard he's doing pretty well over there. I haven't seen any practices, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he is. Uh, um, Philip, uh, you know, he, he's just, um, you know, one of those special guys that everybody on the team knew was special, not just the coach. Um, and he gave great leadership. The thing that I've noticed is our guys around that have watched him, um, we've had more guys step up and lead this year, um, more, more and more at each position, not just the captains. And I think that's because they, last year Philip was a phenomenal leader, and you could just kind of rely on him to get everybody going. Now that he's not there, so more and more guys will step up, and I know Philip would be really proud of that that he left that type of legacy for guys to have the, to stand up and have the voice and not worry about the peer pressure and uh, understand what it takes to be successful. Um, and, uh, um, you know, he taught our running backs a lot. Those kids are stepping up and, and believe in him and excited about what he's doing and what he did. So that's fun to see. Phillips was one of those players. Sometimes when you get all that hype and all that pub, guys kind of resent you on the team. I think that happens in life. Nobody resented Philip Lindsay. And I think they saw that humility and understand what it takes to be a leader and a humble leader. Along the same lines of Mark's question, you have the same, a similar situation with wide receiver. Yeah. Three guys go to the NFL, and a lot of people in the know are saying this group may be better. Can you touch on what you've seen? Right. Um, I, I don't know. They hadn't all played a bunch yet. So that, I think the jury's still out there. They have talent, uh, but there's a difference in saying it and doing it. Um, they got to keep working at it hard. Um, uh, you know, the, the three young men that are, uh, I was glad to see, I t text back and forth with Bobo early this morning. I saw last night when I was going home that he, or heard somebody, I think Maggie might have texted me and said he made, uh, um, the, the Broncos picked him up. So I texted him, we talked back and forth this morning um, and I was excited for him. So, you know, those guys could really play and they played a lot of plays and did really well. The young men coming up, we have some, some good talent. And uh, some guys that are we, which unusual, we still have some older guys that have played some football and kind of bid some different paths. And I think they're kind of seasoned and ready to kind of they they they're walking in as seniors with a chip on their shoulder, um, which sometimes seniors don't walk in with a chip on their shoulder. But these guys are not only for the team but for themselves. So I hope that added intensity um, makes a difference for them. And to follow up, what do you see offensively being different with Chevy? Um, yeah, we'll be, we will be a little different. We don't have 23, so that makes you a little different right there. Um, but Chev's uh, doing a great job with him, him and Coach Adams working together. Um, and um, I'm excited about what we're doing on offense and, and how we're doing it. And, you know, Steven being older, Sam Neuer being older, Tyler Leiter being older, they kind of have a better understanding of defenses and what gives up and what – that helps you be a little bit better on, de on offense too when that quarterback can see a few things and make some changes on the field for you instead of just being the perfect call. Um, and uh, so I'm excited about that. So Chev's doing a great job with them. Coach, you have a unique situation with Alex Kinney being a captain, the first punter since 1987. Describe the moment when you told him he was a captain and kind of what he brings as a punter, as a captain of this yeah. team. Well, um, they told me. I walked in the room and they told me who the captains were. Um, so um, I knew he was excited. I was glad that he was picked as a captain. Um, you know, he's um, from the state of Colorado, Rocky Mountain High School, um, has worked really hard here, started for us for four years now. Um, and uh, the thing that it showed me is he's not um, a prima donna kicker, and I'm not saying they all are. He does all the runs. He does all the weight room. He's there all the time. He never misses anything. He works hard. They respect him. 
Um, he's tough. He's got a great sense of humor. So, and he's a leader. He, he'll tell them, hey, if you're doing something wrong, he's on them. So I think they saw all the leadership qualities in him. And then they see him at practice, how he can punt and how he did a lot of great things, pinning people inside the 20 last year, sacrificing his average for us being put inside the 20. Some guys don't do that. They go like, oh, it went out of oh, I mishit it. No, he's going to hit it and make sure it's in that. That's a big deal. So sometimes you don't have to – I mean, he averaged really well at the end of the year, but he also had to pin some inside the 20 and inside the 10. And uh, he needs to do that for us this year because that's automatic points. And uh, so I'm excited about what Alex brings to the table. The note on that is he averaged 49.3 yards on his last 16 punts last year. That was the best in the nation. And 12 of the 16 were still inside the 20. Uh, Coach, your son was also named a captain. Yeah. Uh, how proud are you of him for that? And is that something that you've kind of like raised and required, just asking him to be a leader no matter what, whether or not he had to see on his chest? Right. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I'm extremely, I'm extremely proud of all the guys that were captains. Um, but uh, you know, with Jay, I never pushed him to be a captain or pushed him to be all that. Um, his mom did a great job raising him, so that was good. Um, and uh, but he, he, you know, he's he's one of those guys. If you watch the games and you come and watch practice and you watch, he's always in there. He's always working hard. He's always making plays. He's always pushing. He's always fighting. And I think he gained their respect last year when he played a whole year on a broken foot. And they knew he was hurt. And he still was going to play. And he played well. And I think they said, wow, wait a minute. And uh, I think that made a huge impression um, on them. So um, I think that was good. You mentioned about Kenny being a local player. I know Worthington years ago, you know, came from yeah. Cherokee Trail. But a lot of fans can look at some of the names on this roster and see there's a lot more Colorado talent yep. staying in state. How important for you has it been to get those bigger players uh, to stay in state? Yeah, there's a lot of excellent players in the state of Colorado and uh, um, that we recruit and, and do. And, and so, you know, sometimes we can't don't get them all or sometimes I'm not able to offer them all. depends on what our needs are on our team and at our positions. Uh, but the young men um, in the state of Colorado are playing really well. And we've got some really good players this year making some big impacts for us um, from the state of Colorado. And uh, we've got some younger guys that, we've, that we brought in that, I've, that are in the freshman class that I'm really excited about also. I keep coming a little bit about a guy like Nate Landman who yep. did some great off-season work. Uh, he told me to put on 25 pounds. I said, that's no big deal, so did I. But he was a little different than mine does. Uh, is, is he developing into a guy that you look at and say, at that linebacker position, he could be a staple quarterback. Yeah, Nate Lamon's an excellent player, and he's gonna. Um, we're gonna rotate him in there and play this year, and he's also gonna play on our special teams and and make plays there. Um, Nate is long. He's a big linebacker. When you see him for an inside backer, uh, he has phenomenal instincts. Has a burst of the ball, and uh, when he gets there, he arrives there, in a in a bad mood. And uh, uh, he, he's a really good football player. He's a really good football player. And I, I enjoy watching him play. And, and I'm, he'll, you'll see him out there a lot this year. And we've got two other excellent linebackers in Rick Gamboa and, and Drew Lewis. But we're going to rotate him in there because we need them fresh. And they, they play special teams and everything. And um, so uh, you'll see him in the rotation and making plays. Talked a lot about David Cutcliffe. Yeah, Coach Well, he's influenced my philosophy a tremendous amount. He, uh, um, when I was a young coach coaching at UT Martin, he was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee, and uh, he recruited West Tennessee and Middle Tennessee. I recruited West Tennessee and Middle Tennessee for UT Martin, and so. 
I would run into him out there recruiting all the time. And uh, um, so when he hired me at uh, Ole Miss, I said, Coach, we've never worked together. You he said, I saw how you recruit. I'm going to hire you, and I'll figure out if you can coach. And uh, so then I learned from him as a coach and went from there. But he is, um, I, I, he is my biggest mentor. Um, you know, when um, my father was going through all the illness and stuff, he was there for me. I was, and he would always contact me, and I was working for him some of the time. Uh, it meant a tremendous amount to me. And, uh, um, uh, you know, he's truly kind of like a father figure for, to me for sure. The weather was good today, by the way. Media day, y'all brought the good weather because yesterday it was overcast. It's good. Any more questions? Anything else from the group of coach, Matt? You yeah. sure? Well, how are the Rockies going to do? That's what I want to know. They look like they're doing pretty good. Uh, Matt, could you just explain oh. to them how you think the uh, new Richard rule is going to work? And I think people also don't realize it applies to Juco's as well, any first-year player. Uh, yeah, the, the redshirt rule – um, is you can play in four games and still get redshirted anywhere in the season. So it could be in the playoffs, it could be in the bowl game, it could be your first game. You could um, go the, the quarterback that played at Alabama last year that played in the championship game that came in and won the game, he would still be a freshman again with the rule. So that's how uh, dramatic that rule is. I think it's a phenomenal rule because uh, it allows you to kind of use your whole 85 roster. It also allows you to – play a guy at the end of the year, somebody's beat up a little bit, allows you to experiment with a few guys. Uh, but if a guy's ready to play, we're playing him. We're not going to just say try to pick four games. If he's good enough to help us a lot, we're going to play him a lot. Uh, if he's not quite there yet or backing up three, two or three other guys that are older, um, that are playing really well, then we would redshirt them. Um, but there's going to be a lot of – I don't think everybody knows exactly how they want to use it yet because it's so new. Um, but I th there'll be some interesting um, things this year. And it'll probably happen on our team and happen on some other teams. There'll be somebody late in the year that gets to play because of that, plays two games, plays really well, guy comes back well, that guy plays really well, and you can still redshirt the young man. So I think it's a really unique rule, and I think it's good for college football. If you'd like to basically just make an opening statement on how you feel I'm pleased with the progress. You know, we're three days in now. Um, we added some new junior college players to our defense in the spring and then one this summer. We have some new freshmen that have stepped up and done some good things. Um, today was the first day of a shell, so we got to see who was going to be physical and um, get after a little bit. I think that um, the guys that got a lot of reps last year have improved, that, that had seen the field for the first time. People like Drew Lewis, um, Evan Worthington, um, Trey Udofia, uh, Dante Wigley, Javier Edwards, Chris Malumba, I've seen an improvement from them from uh, the spring and now uh, in training camp. So I'm excited about the group we have. Still have a long ways to go. A lot of, a lot of practices left this, uh, this training camp, but um, we've done some good things and I'm excited about the season. Uh, on offense, you know, obviously we're all as coaches excited to get back to, to fall camp. Um, I think we've done a really good job of, of recruiting the last couple of years and uh, you can see that on the field. Um, I think there's speed at a lot of positions on the outside and on the inside. Um, the tailback, obviously, with you know losing Phil Lindsay to, to the NFL, and and um, he's obviously gone on to do some things in training camp already with the Broncos. It's hard to replace a guy like that, but there's guys fighting for that role right now. You got Kyle Evans, who's a guy that's been through some ups and downs here with injuries, and he made a couple a lot of plays for us two years ago in the 16 season. 
Um, you got the, our grad transfer, Trayvon McMillan, who's getting himself in football shape. You can tell he's a savvy guy that's played a lot of football. Um, you know, Bo Bisharad, as well as Alex Fontenot, who I think is going to keep getting better and better. He's got some game-changing ability as far as when he gets in the open, it's hard to catch that guy. Um, I've been really pleased with, you know, Montez's maturation process. You know, I think he's a kid that started 14 games here the last couple of years and, and uh, has played in big games and had big, big games and had, and had some down games where, where he didn't play as well. So, you know, working with Coach Roper and with him and the quarterbacks, it's, it's been fun these first couple of days and, and there's a lot of juice out there. And then also our offensive line, I think there's a lot of good young players that are getting reps, you know, from, from Will Sherman to Colby Purcell and Brett Tons is playing center guard, playing kind of all over and Aaron Hagler who's can play both sides and Josh Kaiser. So there's some good stuff that's going on with our with our offensive unit right now. You, did, you mentioned Evan. Um, you know, a lot of players get people <coughs> taken away from him for a year and you don't know which way he'll go. What is it about him that, that helped him, you know, come back and, and be such kind of a positive force? Well, I think that Evan, you know, realizes what he lost and sometimes when that happens to you, then you appreciate what you have. And uh, he's given all 110% into being the best player and best teammate that he can be. And then on top of that, he's a good player. He has a lot of talent. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, he can cover. So he's he's going to be critical to our defense. You know, I'm Darren too. So <laughs> you guys may not have known that. So be careful throwing, throwing the Darren. Yeah, yes. All right. The ball, Darren. Yeah. Coach Mack has said numerous times already this fall that uh, Steven has gone from algebra to calculus as a quarterback. Can you give us an example of you seeing him do that, maybe a play in practice or something? Yeah. Can you give us an example? Of uh, no, he's done that? There's no question. I think what we've tried to do offensively is, is make it more of a progression offense for him. So he's able to go through his reprogressions quickly. And uh, you've seen him really mature from last year to this year. Last year what he would do, if, if number one wasn't open, he'd still hang on number one and try to force the ball, try to back shoulder, try to make a great throw, instead of just going to number two or number three in his progression read. So I've seen it early on in fall camp, he's been able to, okay, one's not there, go to two, two's not there, go to three, go to the back, find the back for the check down. So I've been really, really pleased with how fast he processes things now. And you don't get that without experience you got to go through it you know it's easy to draw it on the board and there's nobody you know x's and o's but then those o's start rushing you know and things are happening and stuff is happening on your right side you got to trust that there's protections there i think what steven is doing a good job of is he trusts the protection he knows where he's he's hot where the where the pressure's coming from and he's able to get the ball out on time that's 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 a that's a very very important part of playing quarterback Well, Davion has a lot of talent. He's really fast. You know, he, he finished sixth in the Pac-12 in the 100 meters, and he's 215 pounds. So he has a ton of athletic ability. And so we're expecting him to uh, progress at a rapid rate, considering that he was here this spring. He's already shown uh, huge strides from the spring to the fall. And we're expecting to use his athletic ability in one way on the field. Darren on the right, what are you doing to prepare for your first year calling the plays, and how much has Kurt Roper kind of helped you along in that way? You know, it's 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 something that I've, that I've looked forward to being coming back to my alma mater and being able to, to call the offense. Um, I'm excited. I think we we have talent on the field. Now it's our job as coaches to get them going, doing the right things. Um, 
working with Coach Roper has been awesome. I mean, here's a guy that's he's called plays. He, he knows what's been good for him and what's been bad for him, especially with protection. And that's what's important. That's what I really lean on him a little bit. Hey, how can we protect Stephen a little bit better? How can we protect our quarterbacks better but still get the ball out? And so it's been good working with Coach Rope and with Coach Adams. We have a really good offensive room, and um, we're excited about the guys that we have on our roster on the offensive side of the ball. And now it's our job as coaches to get the details of our system down so they can go out there and play fast. Coach Elliott, um, with a year under your belt here, what do you think are the biggest things you've learned that will uh, help you grow as a defense? Well, these players that we have back from last year, I know them personally better. You know, I know their strengths, their weaknesses, their personalities, to better motivate them, to better put them in position to make plays. And that's, that's going to help me tremendously. But I also know the Pac-12 better. You know, the offenses spread, up-tempo, very talented quarterbacks. So um, I understand both who we are and I understand the league better. Good job. Uh, you know about Steven, there's a lot of guys on this offense, though, that people are excited about but haven't seen. You know, Winfrey spent a little bit, Chanel a little bit, Fontenot, guys like that. Um, how do you view these weapons on offense? I mean, you've seen them in practice, but are you a little bit kind of antsy to see what these guys are going to look like when the lights go on in the games? Yeah, I've been, I've been impressed by the way they've worked the first three days. I mean, you talk about a guy like Jawan Winfrey who – you know, kind of had a setback two years ago and had to come back from that knee injury. Had a big breakout game against USC last year. He's a big physical receiver that can run and catch. He has a great work ethic. Um, so I'm excited to see him, you know, get himself in the game shape. And when we start, when the lights come on, I know he's going to show up and he's going to play. He's going to play big. You know, LaVisca Chenault, the game's not too big for that kid. You can tell when you see him in the meeting room, when you see him on the practice field, um, he's one of our strongest players on the football team, but he's also one of our brightest kids. When I talk about X's and O's and I put something on the board, he can go out there and he can run it the first time without making a mistake. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um, and then you got a savvy guy like Jay McIntyre who's been around, made a bunch of big catches for us, knows our offense, is a team captain, um, and the list goes on. You got KB Ento, who we redshirted last year because he was one of our better players, but we had three seniors last year at receiver. So we hold Kabeon's year. He's, he's worked his butt off. He's started camp really, really well. And then Tony Brown is a kid that I recruited probably four years ago to Texas Tech, and now, now he transferred over, and he's made a bunch of big plays these first couple days in practice. Been impressed with him as well as Katie Nixon, and the list goes on and on. We, we've done a really good job. Now it's our job as coaches to get them going and doing the right things. And to touch on Alex Fontenot, he's, he's another kid that has a ton of ability, and he hasn't played a college football game yet. But when you see him hit the hole on some gap schemes, it's impressive. Chip, you talked about LaVisca Chanel. That's, that's a unique athlete you've got right there. And, and when you've got all the weapons you're talking about, but yet having a guy that's got that vast skill set, I would imagine you could be a little creative with him. There's no question, and that's why I'm a firm believer, you got to recruit well, you know, because it makes us better coaches when your X is better than their O, you know. And so LaVisca, is a, he's, a, he's a special athlete as far as how he's built, strength and speed, because he can do both. You know, the kid is probably six two and a half, and he's 220 pounds and probably runs a 4'3". He's got excellent ball skills, and he understands the offensive schemes. So it's impressive. That you, can, you can teach him stuff, and he won't just learn the position. He'll learn the scheme. And that's what makes the offense go is when the guy not only knows Y, but he knows H, he knows X. And so we, we've, like I said, done a good job recruiting, but these, these guys are football savvy, and they understand the offense. But we're excited to see what number two can do.
kind of a question for both of you. You guys have a player, Del Delbert Abrams, who was on uh, Independence Community College team that was featured in uh, Last Chance U. I'm curious, do you guys watch? Have you guys watched that show? And I'm curious if you guys have any kind of rich junior college recruiting stories. Obviously, a lot of characters. You know, I've, I've. I will always watch that show because I coached junior college football for seven years. So I know the grind for the coaches. I know the grind for the players. Um, but, yeah, recruiting junior colleges, I always used to tell guys, when I first got into Division One college football, I used to always tell coaches, look, it takes those guys a little time to adapt. You know, the speed of the game from junior college to Division One level is a big step. Okay? It's a lot easier step from Division One football to pro football. It's a hard step from high school to Division One and junior college to Division One. The speed of the game is faster. So it takes those kids a little time to adjust and just process the information. And plus, you're learning a whole new scheme. And usually when you recruit a junior college player, he's a huge need, right? You're recruiting him for a reason. You're recruiting him because the high school kid hasn't developed yet, so you want that kid to play right away. And so sometimes guys get frustrated with junior college kids right away. Like, why isn't he playing? Why isn't he doing this? Because he needs time to grow and he needs time to just process the information. I have watched the show, and uh, I recruited Delrick, so I know everybody on that show. Spent a lot of time in Independence Junior College. So um, you know, when I watch it, I'm, I'm pointing, oh, yeah, I've seen him. I know that guy. I've been at that practice field. I don't never saw that cow, but, uh, you know, um, I can relate with that show. Uh, any good Jordan Brown stories? Uh, Jason Brown? Coach Brown? Yeah. I think the show pretty much. And know, what people don't realize yeah. is that's Coach Brown. That's, I've known yeah. him. He's a California <clears throat> junior college coach, and now he's at Independence. But that's who he is. Yeah. They're going to call me when things don't go right, you know. When things go good, they'll be clapping and when things go bad. Oh, Machete always calls me. <laughs> Machete always calls me. Cool. DJ, I have a quick question for you. Shea was talking about all these receivers he's excited about, um, you know, LaVisca and, and Juwan, all these guys. You got some corners there, some with experience, some not with one of them. How do you feel like your guys have done in trying to cover these guys, not only in spring a little bit, but the first few days here? Well, it's good when you have good competition. You know, it makes you better. So um, going against good receivers is, is only going to make our corners better. And uh, some of our corners are uh, young, and this is their first time doing it. And guys that come to my mind are like Chris Miller. You know, Chris Miller's a guy that uh, we redshirted last year but has a lot of talent. And um, now he's right in the mix, and he's uh, covering these receivers and, and winning some, losing some. But the good thing is is he's, he's going against good competition. He's learning from his mistakes, and it's going to make him better and the rest of the corners better. Okay, thanks, DJ and Darren. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Stephen, how you doing? How you doing? Good. I read maybe a week or two ago somewhere where you said, High school, you were always about that best athletes. You could just go out there and play football and not really think about it too much. Yeah. I'm wondering when you realized that being a really good athlete wasn't enough to be a really good college quarterback. Yeah, well, like I said, in high school, I mean, I was just kind of plain and simple, just better than everybody I was playing against. And, I mean, the, the competition in El Paso for football isn't great. I mean, it's definitely not horrible, but it's not great. So I was just kind of just going out there freelancing, you know, kind of just improvising on every play. We would call screens, and it would break down, and I would just roll out, take off. So you obviously can't do that in the Pac-12. So um, 
I mean, I think I just kind of realized that just playing, like, man, these guys are a lot faster than what I was seeing at Del Valle. So I just had to just had to get a little bit more knowledge of the game and just play within my skill set. So that that knowledge you've acquired, Coach Mack has said it numerous times, and so he feels you've gone from algebra to calculus yeah. as a quarterback. Yeah. Do you agree with that? And can you give us some examples of how you think you've progressed as a quarterback? Yeah, most definitely. I think I think that's spot on. Going algebra to calculus, just just getting better, knowing a lot more about the defenses that we're going to be facing, knowing a lot more about what I'm seeing on the field, what people on the defensive side of the ball are doing, what their responsibilities are. So. It just makes it a lot easier when you're going through your progressions and knowing what people are doing and who's going to be open. Do you enjoy that mental challenge? I assume that oh, yeah. I mean, it's who doesn't love learning about the game that they love playing? So, I mean, it's I have fun with it. Every time I go into the, the film room, I'm excited. I love doing it. I mean, I kind of I turn the lights down real low, and I kind of get locked in, get in the zone. And, and I, I, before I look up, I've already been, been in there for two, three hours. So it, just, it goes by really quick. When you're watching film, it's it's definitely not like class. You get in class and you, five minutes feels like an hour, but it's kind of the other way around with football. Uh, Coach Mack is saying you guys have heard from a lot of people in the community just when you're out and about about the Nebraska rivalry. How has it been for you guys trying to get your head set not only to face CSU rival, but then this other rivalry that you know was huge years and years ago? Yeah, I mean to be honest, right now we're really just focused on fall camp. We're not really looking ahead down the line. We want to kind of just get right, focus on what we're doing. We don't really need to be focusing too much on opponents right now. They're, we'll focus on them the week of the game. So, And then same with Nebraska. After we play CSU, uh, slate will be clean, then we'll, then we'll worry about Nebraska. But is it true, like, have you guys been hearing from people when you're out and about, just people bringing it up in general? Yeah, I mean, fans, fans. I mean, back in the day, the fans didn't really like Nebraska too much. But that was when Colorado was in the same conference as them, I think, so. I mean, I don't know. It's a little different now. I'm sure the fans still hate Nebraska. I've heard it a little bit, but not, not too much. Uh, with the big 2018 season ahead, what are the goals for yourself uh, as well as the team? I mean, really, just to win games. I really don't. I don't really set any goals for myself other than to win games and and play well for my teammates. I just want. I want to send these seniors out right and and get to a bowl game. And if we can do more than that, then do more than that. But we're just going to take it one game at a time and just just keep playing our game. How's the dynamic change with having rope in, and uh, how have you seen that as a benefit? Having rope? Yeah. I mean, rope's a very, very smart dude when it comes to football. Very smart. I mean, he's a smart guy in general as well. But when it comes to football, he he knows his stuff, and he's been he's been doing it a long time, and he's he's done it very successfully. So I mean, just anything he kind of tells me, I take it to heart, think about it, just make sure I absorb it and understand what he's trying to tell me, because I know he just wants me to get better and and play well this year. So and he's, he's, a, he's a great contribution that we got on this coaching staff. It was huge to get him. Two years ago, you won the Pac-12 title. Last year, maybe viewed some as a, as a setback. How do you hope to, to rectify that? And do you feel pressure to make that right this year? I mean, there's no pressure. The only, the only pressure that is on us is this, the pressure that we put on ourselves. So we just, we just need to be prepared, need to be focused uh, going into games and just Play smooth, play calm. We don't need to be amped up. We don't need to be nervous. I mean, it's football. It's a game. So as long as as long as you prepare, you'll play well. What was your experience like at the Manning camp, and uh, how do you think you've grown? What what have you learned from that? 
I had a lot of fun at the Manning Camp. It was, a gr it was a great experience to get to go to and get to be around not only a lot of college quarterbacks, but also two multiple-time Super Bowl champions. Um, they had a lot of good good knowledge they shared with all the quarterbacks, myself included. And um, I think the, the main takeaway that I got out of that was just kind of how to watch film, the ways to watch film, what you need to be looking for, and what you need to be taking notes on. And so it was all good information. I have it in a little notepad at home. So, Stephen, you've always struck me as a confident guy, but now that yeah. you have this increased knowledge of how to play the position of quarterback, talk about where your confidence is now as a quarterback. Where am I confident? I mean, I'm confident in everything that I do. I always, I always want to do well. I always want to succeed. Nobody wants to lose. So, anything I do, I. I go at it full head of steam, want to do it the best of my abilities. Um, taking the knowledge into play, I think it's just going to help me play better, play faster, play smoother. I think my progressions are going to be a lot kind of just second nature because I have a little bit more knowledge of what I'm seeing on the other side of the ball. So, so yeah. We talked to Chev about the adjustment that you lose three receivers that are all in NFL camps. Mm -hmm. How's that been for you? I mean, it's been good. It's, it's been good. Those guys are doing well. Bobo's with the Broncos, uh, Dev's with the Titans, and then Shea's with the Redskins. All great players. I think we got some great players uh, at the receiver position right now. LaVisca's a freak. Juwan's a freak. J-Mac is Mr. Consistent himself. Um, also got Katie Nixon, KB Onento, Tony Brown. I feel like the list just kind of goes on and on and on. And we've got dudes that can play ball on the outside, on the perimeter. And we can stretch the field. We can... I mean, LaVisca's huge, good possession receiver, but he can also run a 4-4, four, 4-3, four, four, three, four, three guys. So, I mean, we've got, we've got some playmakers. We've got some dudes. I think we lost some good players, but we had some good players backing them up. So I think they're, they'll do a good job this year. Um, you know, even though you had that experience before last year, last year was your first season as the uh, starting quarterback. Uh, mm -hmm. from that? Um, I just learned that. The season you're going to have ups and downs. It's going to be kind of like a roller coaster, but you want obviously a lot more ups than you have downs. And I think that's something that we got to we've got to focus on this year. We've got to focus on not coming out and starting slow because that was a big problem that we had last year was coming out and starting slow and not getting points in the first quarter, first half. So I mean, it's good. Now we know it. We can learn from it and we can get better. Thank you. Yep. I think a, a lot of fans may have been surprised when you weren't voted as a captain, but do you still feel that you're a leader on this football team? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, I think I've got a ton of love for the captains we got. I mean, I think they're going to they're gonna be great captains, and they are great captains. And just, but just because you're not a, a captain doesn't mean you can't be a leader on the team, and that's what I plan to do. I plan to lead the offense and uh, hopefully score a lot of points this year. What would you say uh, is the biggest leap in your game you've taken uh, from last year? Definitely the mental part of the game, studying film, knowing defenses, just knowing what I'm seeing on the field. I think that's that's where I've taken my biggest strides this off season, and that's all. That's all. Thank you. Uh, thanks to Coach Roper. He's he's been a huge help in that, and he's he's kind of led me on the path to to getting my mind right. Was last year you might have been talking about Philip Lindsay and you described him to me as a guy with four legs and a tail. Four legs and a tail, yes, sir. Uh, who are the dogs on this offense? Oh, Jawan Winfrey. 
Juwan Winfrey's got four legs and a tail. I think Visca's got four legs and a tail. We got some we got some big boys up front now that are that are pretty scary. Pretty scary. They're we got a our O line's looking tough. They're looking real tough. Who else? I think I think all across the board we've got we've got some dudes and then I would say if I was to give you one answer alone, I would say Juwan. Juwan's got paws, he's got four legs, and he's got a tail. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about Jawan Winfrey. Can you offer some insight into his work ethic? Like, how often is he texting you to throw the ball and that kind of stuff? Oh, every day. Every single day in the offseason. Every day. There was days where, where we couldn't get into Champion Center because that Grateful Dead was going on. I don't really know nothing about them, but either way. Um, he was texting me, and we were both kind of living, like, near each other in, like, some little apartments or condos, whatever you call them. And he was like, hey, let's just go throw routes in the street. I was like, all right, say less. So we went outside, and sure enough, we threw routes in the street. And then we ended up doing that a lot more as the offseason went on just because we lived close to each other. But, I mean, he's, he's getting work 24-7. Doesn't stop working. Doesn't stop working. His work ethic is probably one of the best I've seen, if not the best. Because he just doesn't stop. He just doesn't have an off button. He just keeps working, keeps working, keeps working. And that's why he's so good. That's why he makes the plays that he does. One last question for Steve from the group because we can move down to the other room. And Steve will stay here to finish anybody else up. With Philip behind you last year and always the consistency on he knows where the blitz is coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have probably helped you in that regard. How do you see the new guys adjusting in? The new running backs? Yeah. Oh, I think they're going to do a great job. We've got We've got some of the best coaches in the nation, so I think – they're going to have everybody on the team right, everybody knowing their responsibilities on what, what they got on each play. And I think that we're going to be good come the first game, come CSU. I think we'll have a good team. Everybody will know what they're doing. I've actually got a question for you guys. Have you uh, anybody heard Astroworld just dropped? Travis Scott, you heard it? Yeah. What do you think about it? I think it's good, but I think Matt Miller's out there. What? Yeah. What's your favorite song on Astroworld? Um, was it Sicko? With Drake? Sicko mode? Yeah, 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 yeah. You like that one? That's a good song. It's a good tune. What's you yours? Got? Oh, Stop Trying to Be God. That's a great song. Great song. I think uh, Kid Cudi's in it, and he comes in on that track. The very beginning, he just starts humming. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's so good. It's, it's a good song. If you guys have Apple Music or whatever, go listen to it. Astro World by Travis Scott. Yes. Yes. It's a good album. It's good all the way through. If you uh, have a little time to listen Dave, to it. Do you have this in your record collection? Yeah, I do. Steve, do you have any more questions for the media? <laughs> I think I'll dismiss you guys for the day. Have a good day.